So, Brian, why were you on that house spot? Um, well, that was my job for the day. Uh, I was assigned to be a helicopter crew member um, for that shift out there, and that was my assignment to bring the crews out there to put in a line on the northern edge of the bullfire. Stop! Oh, are you interested? You want to hear the rest of the story? Of course you do. Something happened, or else we wouldn't be talking about it, right? All right, welcome to the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center podcast. Today, we're going to talk with the real deal dirt thrower, Brian. Found himself in a bit of a sticky situation. Things got a little little hot. He got some, some salt points and some lessons. And uh, he's going to share his story and his lessons with uh, all of you. So... Without further delay, let's get right back into the story. So yeah, a little, little bit of background where where was this and and what was the what was the day like? Uh, bullfire was what was it May 2011? It was the Nogales Ranger District, kind of southeast of um, what's that lake there? Uh, Patagonia, not Patagonia. Peña Blanca. Peña Blanca, yes, Peña Blanca Lake. And that's where actually Hella Base was right there. So, and that this is on the Coronado National Forest, Arizona. Arizona. Like literally on the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, yeah. And literally <laughs> means so that northern line I just said a, a second ago was the northern line of Mexico. Old Mexico. <laughs> gotcha. So, so if I get this right in my mind, the fires in Mexico. The fire started in Mexico, I believe, a few days before I actually got out there. Ah. So, yeah, and they were, I guess there's agreements out there, and that's way beyond my pay grade how that kind of stuff works, but there's some agreements out there that we can go in and fight some of the Mexico fires as long as they're within a certain distance of the border. Sure. So what are, what are the fuels and the terrain? What's that like? Fuels, brush, grass component out there, uh, primarily grass, a little bit of brush. And then and what's a typical tactic? Not everybody knows how, how you deal with fire. Typical tactic out here is to kind of back off, burn down in the drainages, or if you have to do kind of a direct attack, we we go into the swatter. So swatters are pretty popular out here. Swatters, yeah. which you don't actually swat with. No, <laughs> you, you swat you swat with it, and you're going to cause a lot of little spot fires around there. <laughs> the most inappropriate name for a tool. Yeah, I don't know what we would. It's call kind it. of a smusher. A smusher. <laughs> you kind of smush the fire. Don't swing it. Don't swing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so you're assigned to the helicopter that day. Correct. So, yeah, I was assigned to them just because one of their crew members wasn't there that day, sick or something like that. They just needed another guy. I was helicopter crew member qualified. Um, FMO gave me a call, said, hey, you want to go for the day? Heck, yeah, go get some H's and O's and go out there and smush fire. Yeah. <laughs> so then your assignment was crew shuttle? For that shift, yeah, I, I ended up on the bird for that day, so it was crew shuttle to get them out there so that they could do a burnout on the on the fire on the northern edge of the um, bullfire. All right, so topographically, uh, kind of explain to 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 our listeners or to me, 
what the setup was like you know you guys circled looked at the helispot or right so yeah the the manager for the helicopter uh found a good spot where we could have a um landing zone to bring in everybody and that was on top of a ridge that was kind of a little knife ridge that went south into the border into where the bullfire was kind of backing down towards so it was kind of a knife ridge into a saddle if you want to think about it a small little saddle and the saddle was actually on the border gotcha gotcha and the fighters backing towards that saddle backing towards that little saddle and it's not one of the tremendous saddles that when you say a saddle and you think about like idaho (laughs) and you could drive two cars down it or something like that it's a small one just yeah all right so that's your your plan for the day you're going to go set up on this hella spot do a typical hella hella tack kind of deal and Mm -hmm. um so yeah how how things progress um, well, as you said, we went out there, we found the spot where we we're going to bring everybody in, manager approved that, got a hold of the IC, and then he was ready to start uh, shuttling everybody in. Um, we wanted to try and get everything out there as soon as possible in the morning, and that's like eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock they really wanted to start. But again, we go back to that little conversation I said a few uh, minutes ago about going into Mexico. Well, aviation going into Mexico is not as easy as walking boots into Mexico. So they had to use Border Patrol, um, Homeland Security kind of stuff, a lot. And what they, I believe they had to do was they were flying everybody. They were flying everybody there. So we got our first group pretty fast. But then after that, they had to fly to the border to get checked out and then fly back to the Hella base. And so what would normally take, you know, would be just point A to point B. Actually, we had to add add point C in there. Point C. Yeah. Point C with an inspection. Yes, exactly. And I don't know what entailed in that inspection. One load in, inspection. (laughs) Go pick some more folks up. One load in, inspection. Yeah. Okay. And the funny thing was, is we were still on the American side there. Because when we picked it, so they they had some confusion thinking we were actually going into Mexico. But we were actually (laughs) 10 feet into America. So there's always something that delays us, whether it's a border or, you know what I mean? There's Whatever. There's delays. Um, and so anyway, it's normal ops. So <laughs> fast forward, you get everybody on the hill. Everybody got there. It took about, I mean, normally you think about half hour to get everybody, two crews and some miscellaneous overhead in there. This was probably about an hour and a half to get everybody in there. So we're about 11 o'clock now, oh, roughly. And perfect. I, and yeah, roughly getting close to that, that nice burn period. We got yeah, yeah. two hours what's before the, that. What's the, uh conditions I, I know the winds were starting to pick up a little bit because i remember being on the hill and just throwing some grass every time the, the helicopter and doing the old human uh, wind sock kind of thing For so sure. i could feel the winds picking up a little bit red flag day red flag day yeah and well, it was nice a typical may in arizona we're probably hitting 90s at that time yeah When's it not a red flag day? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, Christmas Day, maybe? <laughs> New Year's Eve? <laughs> All right. So everybody's on the hill. Oh, what, what, what happens? So as, when the IC got there, I asked them, okay, hey, everybody's here. What do you want us to do here? Just hang out. The conversation I remember was, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to burn out down here, and you guys can just hang out here be another lookout, basically. Okay. Cool. You know, cool. Because you, you had a pretty good vantage. You could see right Oh, yeah. We were operation. right literally on top of the fire. I, I could hit a baseball and 
make it there. Nice. And that's me and my little league skill level <laughs> could hit a baseball to the fire. <laughs> if, you, if, if you connected with the ball. If I connected, yeah. yeah if I okay. connected, if I had a good swing, nice level, back leg kind of, yeah, I could make it. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. <laughs> so they get the line in, and they're they're like, all right, game on. We're putting some fire down. Get some black in between us and the main fire. From what I remember, the whole line didn't get put in. And they were kind of burning at the same time they were putting in line. Yeah, fairly standard, right? We, we've got enough to anchor. Let's right, get some and black. it's not far. Yeah. It's only like yeah. 10 chains sure. either side kind of thing. So yeah. it's not far. Okay. Yeah. So fire's on the ground. <clears throat> fire's on the ground. And I think, too, from what I remember being in the helicopter kind of world at that moment, the helicopter wasn't even ready to kind of yet to get bucket support. Uh, I got you. So things were moving a little bit too fast on the ground, thinking that we had this other component. Not all the players were in place. Again, standard. Were, yeah, standard. <laughs> and we, and we, we learned how to adapt sure. and get around that kind of stuff. So fire, they're, you know, not everything's in place. Pretty typical burn show. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's grass, whatever. So you know, fire's on the ground. And, and so what happens next? You're up above watching this all go down. Yeah, I, me and one other gentleman, well, a helicopter crew member, we're sitting up above watching everything. And we can kind of get to a little rock outcropping to watch what was going on. So literally we watched them start to do the burn, watched them starting to move east and west on that knife ridge down towards the drainages and probably within 10 minutes see the first spot fire where they were burning from the knife ridge to the east is where this happened and we were sitting on the little rock outcropping on that eastern side and could see down into that side really well we couldn't see the western side too well down to where it went down into that drainage i could kind of see one guy kind of look at it and then almost it seemed to me if if I would put myself into his mind and body at that time. It's like, what do I do almost? Because it's starting to get big sure. pretty fast. Yeah. And at that moment, I'm just watching it. It's like eating popcorn, watching a movie almost. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I see another one right after that kind of in front of it. And it's the same thing. Where, And, and I'm sure this all happened within five seconds. Yeah. But things kind of slow down, and you think things are a little bit longer than they are kind of thing. And watching the one guy... Um, look at it you could see him calling to his buddies and i know what he's saying spot and then you see everybody else kind of pop up like uh the the groundhogs you know hey there's an eagle out there everybody what (laughs) you know kind of thing pops up and then i'm watching him for a few more minutes and it might just be seconds because we know how fire runs through grass when it's knee-high grass out there and it's like at that moment it kind of got into my head it's like uh, i don't think they're gonna catch it and then at that second, when I said they're not going to catch it, I looked and it's like, I'm at the top of the ridge of fire down below. And it's a nice little, it's a nice little canyon here and fire's going to come right up to me because as I said just a second ago, it's, I'm on the side watching it because I got a real good view and I'm only maybe 150 feet if you were to walk to it, but 75 oh. feet up from a fire. Sure. So ah, it's in grass. It's you know, it's not that bad. So what's that moment like when you, <laughs> you know what I mean? When when all that stuff comes together and you go, I, I'm in a bad spot. <laughs> it's like um, thinking back and, and even talking about it right now, you kind of get that flushed almost. It's almost like an embarrassed kind of feeling, huh. but I think it's your body telling you 
what the heck? You know, you're you're in a bad spot here. You know, maybe that's what embarrassment is, is you're embarrassed because you did something stupid hmm. kind of thing. Well, I just did something stupid. I put myself at the top of a fire, me and the other helicopter crew member. Hmm. And then that's where you go back and you think to yourself, why did I put myself here? So all these emotions and thoughts are kind of going through your head at the same time. It's like, why am I here? So, so yeah, <laughs> you have that moment of why am I here, but does that matter? Does it matter why you're there? At that well, moment? I guess to make <laughs> at that moment it doesn't matter, but your mind wants you to wants to understand why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah, I, but you you're know? there. Yeah, but I'm there. So <laughs> n- now I'm fighting with myself subconsciously to say, like you said, it doesn't matter. I'm here. I got to figure this out now. I got a problem. It's ahead of me, and that's what you know. Throughout our years in the Forest Service, that's probably one of the the best assets we have is we're problem solvers on the fly. Sure. So now, what am I going to do? What'd you do? I, that and that's where you go back to your training, is what I think is probably the biggest thing. Is you, you get into that situation where you're you're flustered, you're flushed, you're confused, you're angry. What am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to go back to my training. Is and and I think it's an automatic response at that time. So it's like, what is our training in that situation? Well, I've got to get out this way. What's the best thing to do? Well, earlier, going back and talking to the IC, we did have a little bit of a conversation. It's like we knew we were I was in a bad situation, but we didn't recognize it at that time. Mm-hmm. So you're at, if this thing gets away, what are you going to do? Well, burn it out. And there is a, a saying that he said that we all know is just wag dodge it. So, okay, yeah. I'm going to burn it out, and then I'll be good. Because it's just grass. It's going to take... 10 seconds and I'll be in black. So that was your plan in terms of, you know, when people, well, what was your LCES? It was like, well, you're going to create the black. You're yeah. in a fuel type that is conducive to making some quick black. Right. And so that, that was the plan was we'll make some quick black. Make some quick black and step right back into step it. Step back into it. Like yeah. literally wag dodge it. Literally. <laughs> right. yeah. So, so how did that go? How did wag dodging it go? Um, so here goes back to the training kind of thing and not really recognizing the situation I was in at that time. So the wag dodging part of it is burn it out and then step into the black. Well, some of my training brought me back to I've got my equipment and my gear right here. I need to protect my equipment. I need to protect what's important up here. Obviously, if you think of a, a good landing zone, it's 120 feet, mm-hmm. clear of all brush. Is that a good safety zone? <laughs> In that situation, no, because we did have some large oak trees around us, small ones for southern Arizona kind of stuff, nothing big. You get in there and you're, we're, we're protecting our equipment, and that was protecting my equipment is saying that's where I'm going to start burning it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to burn out around the equipment. And then we're going to move out from there because the winds were blowing at that time. We're going kind of northeast. So you're getting that southwest wind. Southwest wind. Yeah. Imagine that. A southwest wind. Imagine it. So you're going to put some black between. I'm going to put some. Yeah, I was going to put some black around the gear, and that was going to be the spot basically where we were going to step into. Okay. That was going to be the the point there. Where did you start? Right at the gear is where we started. So I burned. Actually go back a few steps we actually started cutting around the gear oh wow so that was another step it's like well you can't burn without having a line and it's like well why you know i can't you burn thinking kind of hindsight 2020 
It doesn't matter. Could have just started burning. So you were just doing, again, going back to your training, yeah. you burn off of line, so you have to have the line. So now, yeah. you, like, there's literally a grass fire down below you, and you are you're and putting And we're cutting line, line around <laughs> around the, the helicopter crew, the, the gear, and all it is is just a couple of bags and a chainsaw sure, and some fuel. Sure. So okay. it's not much. It's maybe 10 by 10 spot right. we're digging around. It takes but time. you think, now I go back 150 feet maybe to the fire 75 feet down winds are probably about six to eight gusting maybe up to 15 is what we were having throughout the day kind of thing so at that moment maybe we were getting some gusts because as we were cutting before we started burning i could see out of my peripheral fires coming Mm. and it's getting into the brush component so it's starting to get a little bit hotter and it's like at that second is when I talk to the other crew member, I'm like, it kind of, why am I cutting line anymore? Mm. Now it's time to start burning. Okay. And all we did was just pull out our fuses, and again, we're burning around our stupid gear. And then I burn around the gear and then just make a line kind of east and west from here, and we'll let it push mm-hmm. kind of to the north with okay. the wind. Uh-huh. So that's what we started doing at that time. And then I could still, I believe... And things are getting real foggy at this time because there's so much going on outside. It's like, what is the fire doing? All I know what the fire is doing at that time is what I could feel from the fire. And then kind of seeing, almost like if you walk into a movie theater and you're trying to find your seats, you're not seeing what's going on with the movie, but you're seeing the flicker of the movie kind yeah. of thing. Okay. So you're, I'm seeing that going on. And it's like, I know it's bad kind of thing. I don't want to look at it because... I, I got to focus on the mission at hand. And the mission at hand that we made there was protect the gear, get into that spot, and that's where our safety zone is going to be. All right. And then uh, I imagine it started getting hot. <laughs> so, yeah, so we did start – we started burning off of that, and then the fire, it did start getting hot. And at that moment, I was like, it's time to get out of here. We're going to have to run down this ridge line north – and kind of get maybe to that western drainage that I never really got a good look at kind mm. of thing. And But the the trigger to run is just the heat? Or... Just the heat and the flickering of the light out of the peripheral of my vision because it was getting hot. It's like sure. okay. I could feel it getting into the oaks, so it's getting even hotter than just a, a grass yeah. fire kind of thing. And grass fires, don't get me wrong, they're damn hot. Yeah. But some of them, when they're low, you know, you could just step through them sure. kind of thing. And not just, that kind of deal, huh? Yeah, not that kind of deal at the point we got to there. <laughs> <laughs> so at that moment, um, it was, you know, we're done with this. Let's just go. So you're, Let's get out of here. All right. So we, at that second, we decided to just drop all our gear and just take our shelters. So we dropped our gear, take our shelter, and then I got to the radio, and I told the IC, it's like, hey, you know what? We're getting out of here. And during that whole time, they're trying to talk to us. And I, I remember saying a couple times over the radio, I'm busy up here. I don't give a damn what you guys are thinking down there. Whatever. We're busy. We're taking care of ourselves. You guys aren't going to help us right now. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we turned to go that way. I called on the radio and said, I'm going, I, I think I said, I'm going north down the ridge this way. And I told the other crew member, get out of here. He started running. And as I turned to look at him, I heard on the radio, don't go that way. And I was like, why not go that way? And I looked, and there was fire literally all around us at that time. Ooh. You know, you're trying to protect the gear. You're putting line in. You're trying to figure out burning and stuff like that. You didn't realize 
how far the fire had progressed right. around you. Right. Because you know, what it because did. Because of how focused you were. Is that right? On correct. What you were, yeah. Yeah. One side we're putting the the fire down ourselves. Yeah. The other side, the side the fire is naturally doing it. I'm paying attention to what's going on down here on the ground. I kind of look up and it's like, holy crap! There's fire everywhere now, and we're yeah. right in the middle of it. All right. So then, so you you hear on the radio, don't go that way. What happened? What'd you do then? I just because you're you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is my boss, this is my supervisor, and then back to the training there, which I think was good is listen to him because he's obviously got a better view of okay. what's going on. Okay. So I told the um, yelled to the other crew member, don't go that way because I'd already started running with him and mm. I could see him hopping. I remember seeing him hopping like a bunny through the grass and the brush. Oh, wow. And he was moving. <laughs> he was moving, <laughs> which is goes back to training stuff again too. Drop your packs because yeah, yeah. he was gone. I mean, he probably could have got an Olympic record this nice. year. He was moving so fast. So... I, I hollered to him as I was moving forward, and this is one thing too. Is naturally I I, I kind of remember now, fire wasn't completely around us. There was a few little areas you could get through. sure, and I think subconsciously or just we just found that one area that yep. there's no fire in. Yep. So we passed through that one area, and then I remember the fire coming in behind me, Ooh. and then I remember the sounds of, don't go that way, and I turn around, and I'm like, oh, and that's when I'm thinking, how am I going to get back through this up ah. to where I want to be kind of thing? Which is the hell of spot. Which is the hell of spot. But one good thing I do remember and is the helicopter did come back online by that time and he had a bucket and i guess talking through the aars and stuff like that he was trying to f- get a hold of us but we had so much going on yeah, the radio traffic yeah. and everything so he just decided this is where i'm going to drop it and he's i think he saw where we were running and just kind of put a running bucket drop right there oh, wow. so that's kind of what slowed things down enough for us to get back through wow i think I and mean, so you yeah. hollered at the other hell attack, and you guys and we both know, RTO'd right back RTO'd, to found that one spot. Kind of, we still had to push through a flaming front because it wasn't, you know, he was up, and it wasn't enough to stop it, but it was enough to slow it down enough that we were able to get back through, Jeez. back up to the black. Now, because that other fire had pushed through, I got you. So basically, so. what happened is that eastern fire that was the natural fire from the spot pushed through. Our fire was the second one to kind of push through. I got you. So you made it back into some black? So we made it back into some black. So everything's good, right? No, no, no big deal now. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we do get back up in there, and we're, we, at that moment, it's like, I remember him saying, the other helicopter crew member saying, we made it, and we're high-fiving. Wow. wow. It's like, wow, it's like exciting. This is cool. This, this is, is what, what you signed we, up for. Yeah, this is what we signed up for. You know, and then... We're talking through it. The IC, he finally gets up there maybe after another 10, 15 minutes of letting things cool down. And then it's like, then the everything calms down. And it's like, I start feeling some pain in my legs, pain in my arms. My face is feeling kind of effed up, you know. Oh. And I'm looking and I've got some good burns throughout ah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know. So you realize you got some burns. Yeah. And you guys go into. Yeah, we told at that moment, I really just picked up my leg, my right my right uh, leg and looked at it and it was burnt all the way up and then i showed the ic that and i'm like look at this and he was like oh uh, shoot and then that's what started and and honestly within maybe 20 minutes we were flying out of there to the hospital kind of stuff right. so things worked out pretty good after that all right so uh 
crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. What's the uh, what's the lesson? Lessons. What do you well, what do you think about it? <laughs> um, one of the lessons for me is that I don't want people to kind of get into that situation. So if I stay in this business, which I decided I have, obviously it's been five years. So what am I going to do from that? What am I going to learn from that kind of thing? And one of the biggest things that I think I've pulled out of that is when to use training and when to kind of recognize your situational awareness and use that. And what I mean by that is, so training teaches us over the years, you do prescribed fire, you got to put down a line, you got to burn off a line. Oh, why didn't I just burn right away? I guess I, I'm in the green between two fires is what's going to end eventually yeah, yeah, end yeah, up. Yeah. So I'm starting a fire at my gear, and I'm letting that fire push away. And then that other fire is just naturally going to burn up and hit that nice black fire and go out. But that's what you wanted? That's what I wanted. Okay. And then, but what'd you do? I scratched line around the pack, my packs, and then we burnt around the packs. And then we started... Once the packs were burnt around, then we were going to start moving towards the east and the west. Okay. So if you had it to do over again, what would you do? I would have probably just went east and west. I would have okay. just started that. Just make, or, black, make as much black as you can. If I was that far into it. If yeah. I had to do the whole thing all over again, <laughs> I would have just went down the hill the 150 feet and went to the black that was already the other I fire kind of thing. Because yeah. we could have made it there. Yeah. But in all the the time that it took for me to recognize these two guys down there yelling spot fire, trying to get sure. to the spot fire, then this is our place of protection. This is our point to protect right here. This is where we're going to make our yeah. last stand, if you want to say it that way, kind of thing. All that kind of brought things into so, too much timing. Yeah, and that's that whole, like, trigger points, you know, when do you use the escape route? When do you get in a shelter? When no, that none of that right. stuff is really articulated. It's that's all just left to us individually, right? And like, that's another thing too that you bring up. So the shelter thing is probably another thing that I would have done differently. I would have pulled my shelter out of the pack. Huh. I never pulled my shelter out of the pack and neither did the other guy. We out never of, did. Out, out of, of plastic pack. We we had it in our hands in its little bag and that was it that's as far as it went so we never pulled it out of the plastic bag to use it and one of the things i think of is i could have used it like captain america's shield sure. and kind of protected myself well, from some did, of the fire why didn't you just do that when do we train that I, I that's one thing that brings back in my head when do i train that i'm just gonna stand there and maybe hold off a front just to get through it because it's a grass fire when do we ever train that i always train that i've got 30 seconds to get into the shelter or it's a bad thing and, I, and then somebody's going to shake it kind of thing. And I better be on good ground, <laughs> yeah. and I better be in, a, in an area where but it's not going to get under. What you're saying is you never practiced the I've decision. I've never practiced the decision to just pull it out to use it as a shield, or we always practice the decision to lay down into it kind of sure. thing. And, but to me, that might almost be too much time into thinking that because we, we always make it to where it better be a, yeah. a time that is now. Kind of thing, and it better be perfect. What about the negative connotation of pulling a shelter? Did that have any sort of... That did, because I remember um, faces coming up and being a little cloud in the sky with a face on it kind of thing saying, now you're in trouble, you know, and... Like literally a, a face telling you... Like, well, you, it's subconsciously, yeah, yeah, you know, you're thinking saying. those people that 
are important to you, decision makers kind of stuff that have trained you on these things are saying to you, wow, you're really going to pull your shelter out? Ugh. You really got to use it right now? And it's like, ah, oh, you know, no, I don't. I can fight through this. Ugh. You know, those kind of things. Oh, man, that is that is our, I think you said it earlier, we, we, uh, we're good at fixing things on the fly, but that's like that skill kind of boning yeah. you in the, mo- in the moment, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think it, it, that's one thing I said. If there's something I could pass on to somebody else kind of thing is just get in this. Just open it up. Get into it. What does it matter? You know, if you don't use it, they're just going to end up in the trash anyways or end up be a practice thing or somebody's going <laughs> to warm themselves with it one night or something. Who knows? It's just going to be trash. It's a piece of equipment. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, if uh, – all right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, thanks for your story, man. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And, uh, yeah. How are the hands feeling these days? Oh, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think now I'm getting old and I feel arthritis in them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it. There's there's the guy that's that's been in the uh, – literally been in it and uh, passing lessons on. Thanks again, Brian. Yeah, no problem. All right. There you have it. Lessons directly from the source. What are you going to do? The ball's in your court. You're going to practice making that decision. You're going to talk with, with folks about that, that hesitation to pull a shelter. Take Brian's story, his lessons. Do something with it. Thanks for your time. And uh, check us out. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, our homepage, wildfirelessons.net. Give us some feedback. Tell us what we're doing good, bad, what you'd like to hear about. Help us make this stuff relevant. And... See you next time.